0: hey bill and Gunn and welcome to black law tribal edition marumu here with you today as we travel all around the multiverse thanks to the energy broadcast service and our friends at bummer Media 98.7 fm this week we're catching up with the Chief Superintendent of uh, the Yadinji Police, that is, Matthew Bilbra, and we'll be doing that very soon. And later in the program, uh, the Attorney-General Ganyara of Yalmaburra will be joining us to discuss a number of issues. But first of all, let's welcome our new guest. And of course, he's in the studio right now. And uh, Chief Superintendent, welcome to the show.
1: Oh, good morning. Thank you for the invite. Good morning.
0: Yeah. Hey, listen. Uh, obviously, uh, the Yidinji Police is a very exciting development of the Yidinji Government. I know that uh, there's a number of offices now, and it's the fastest-growing um, part of the Yidinji Government. Um, Why did you become involved, and in, 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 in how did you hear about Yidinji in the first place? Yes,
1: yeah, so I got involved several years ago when I heard there was um, two two land ownerships on the same territory. So I was inquiring about it, and two levels of government in Australia and um, it seemed though they were deliberately trying to ignore that fact. So I approached the Yodinji government and started asking questions there. And then I started getting some answers, and in those answers, obviously a lot of questions. So I wasn't getting the answers that I thought should be um, offered by the Australian governments. So, and uh, I accepted that the Yodinji, uh were first in time, and uh, there were a few Australian court cases that seemed to support that fact. And um, Through a further relationship, um, I got involved with the uh, Sovereign Dinji Government and um, now one of the head of um, the Dinji Police.
0: Yes, the police minister is Bumi uh, of Gimabara uh, uh, and um, uh, he must be a wonderful minister to work with.
1: Yes, absolutely. He has um, a lot of respect. I find him very humble and um, I really enjoy listening to him and um, receiving directions uh, where, uh, where our police force is going.
0: Where is the police force going? Because um, I know that you've uh, done uh, recently uh, the, the cultural awareness training and now there's the physical education and um, self-defence training uh, taking place. But uh, overall, how would you like to see the Indian police grow over the next few years?
1: Yes, yeah, so, um, the personnel uh, numbers are growing uh, weekly, literally weekly. and. Um, I'd like to see, obviously, a peace force slash police force. So that is to involve ourselves, the local um, community, Australian or Yidinji, and um, build up a rapport with the Queensland police force as well so we work together especially in light of the uh, crime increase that's happening in our town in our community um, so that's what i like to see would be a, a good relationship slash rapport with the qps work together and um, be aware of um, of cultural awareness
0: yeah and uh, also the australian federal police is on the identity territory uh, a different uh uh, uh, jurisdiction in terms of inside the Commonwealth, that is, uh, but still uh, on the identity territory. And look, there's possibly, um, through a treaty, there would be some sort of, uh, a, you know, possibility of, uh, of our police uh, merging into QPS or to the AFP and doing peacekeeping and, uh, for the UN police, for example. There's a lot of those types of things we could talk about.
1: Oh, absolutely. There's, um, there's a list of of approaches how we can go about this. Um, it would be nice to deal obviously locally with this QPS or the AFP, but internationally, absolutely. If, um, look, the sovereign Udinji government is an internationally recognised government now. Uh, all we need now is for the Australian governments to really embrace that uh, wholly and um, and then we could um, move forward and work together and um, and let's really um, do something about our, our country and our community. Um, and uh, yeah, have the have the dingy on the face of it.
0: Well, let's let's learn a little bit more about Matthew. And um, this isn't your first uh, 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 experience with uh, let's say the countrymen or mob. Uh, you you grew up uh, around the place and and uh, in various places on this continent. Uh, tell us a little bit about your story. Yeah, sure,
1: sure. Uh, most of my youngest. Um, first few years of my life um let's say 10 uh, is in northern territory and um it's not like um where i grew up um the indigenous uh, local first nation people were my friends um i was one my brother and i went on the only white people let's say in the area at times so it's not new for me to see um, my indigenous uh, cousins at all and um, and play with them and growing up together and then yeah moving to Queensland or other parts of the country uh, moving my uh, family um It was always uh, an easy and natural embracement for me to see my, um, let's say, colored cousins as such. Uh, Never had a racist motion in my life because of that upbringing. Um, And I've always embraced it, stood up and stepped up when it comes to um, uh, indigenous, you know, racism. Um, I spent a fair chunk of my life in the Australian Defence Force as well. And I saw that there and um, embraced him there. and, And yeah, look, it hasn't, it hasn't been a hard thing for me um, to identify my coloured cousin right next to me any different as such. And that's why I feel comfortable uh, serving the sovereign Digi government as it is now. Um, and, and mainly because I've seen the racism and the um, negative impact of that growing up. So I hope to move forward and, um, yeah, move forward.
0: Yeah, it's a wonderful, wonderful journey. And, and, and I think the, most, the majority of our mob, uh, well, Yudinji especially, are quite warming and uh, friendly. And um, even to the hardened races, I think, uh, over a few years, if not earlier, that, that uh, those views may change, you know, given the wisdom of the elders here and, and how Yudinji's going about its business.
1: Oh, absolutely. I think we're all seeing um, a lesser gap of that um, racism. Um, being part of the dingy family now, I will have to say hand on heart that um, I have felt more welcomed here than I did in, say, the white Australian uh, system as such. Um, absolutely, all, all very warm, friendly, welcoming. Um, and, and Bumi being my minister, I don't think I could uh, serve a, a better minister myself. He is, like I said, so he's so humble and personable. Um, I couldn't ask for any more than that.
0: What kind of people are actually joining the Yirringji police force? Because there's a majority of them are women, uh, from what I've seen. Um, is, is there a reason for that, or are they, uh, is is that what's missing from, uh, like the QPS or, or the AFP? Is it, or is it just is it just uh, uh, just uh, coincidental?
1: Look, it, it could be just coincidental. It's a hard one to put your thumb on. Um, My police predominantly are, let's say, without being racist, white, predominantly. We um, are uh, actively trying to change that. We are getting more First Nation people joining now. I think when it comes to the word police, straight up Indigenous um, might get a bit defensive because look at the history. We can't ignore that. The abuse that has gone is still going on. And I think um, predominantly being the the white people and uh, women too, particularly at the moment, are joining up the... uh, the police force of Yidinji is um, they want to be part of the change. They want to try to stem the racist issue that's happening and they want to do something better than that's, going, that's happening now in our, in our community or Australia-wide. And um, I think a few of us, like, including myself, are just tired of sitting on the fence and seeing what's happening. And now we want to take the uh, gloves off and get our hands dirty and go, right, let's do something about this. Um, and most of my police force um, are mature age too. So, you know, they've got experience in life, obviously um, uh, seen what's happening over those years and uh, it's time to do something about it. Um, women-wise, yeah, look, predominantly at the moment, it's a cycle. We've got women might be for the, a few months to a month we'll join, next we'll get another influx of, of males or men and... Um, I think it just, it just, yeah, just it's a cycle, really.
0: Yeah, well, I think the last three officers have been young Yidiny men, uh, as in, uh, uh, you know, between the ages of twenty and thirty, let's say. And uh, that uh, that message is getting out there. Um, l- l- let's go onto the streets now. Uh, but what are people saying when they see the uniform? Because it's very u- unique. Uh, it's like an olive green shirt, black pants. Uh, with the Yudinji police emblem on it uh, with a tribal shield and it's very noticeable. What what are people saying to you in the streets when they see you?
1: Yeah, interesting um, question. Just this morning, getting a coffee, I had uh, a young fella, a big burly young fella, Actually, he came up to me and had um, his, his family with him, and he noticed the shield on my um, on the uniform, the arm, and he asked me straight up, he goes, that shield, I rec- recognise that shield. I said, yeah, yeah, and he goes, oh, you're dingy. I said, yes, that's right. Anyway, he asked me, is, is that your dingy like all the dingy clan family? I said, yes, it does as such. And he goes, what is the purpose? What is this about? I said, well, it's about the dingy police force. You know, we're here as a police force, to protect the citizens, whether you're you or not, but in this community on this territory, and uh, moving forward and the, the growth of the um, the government as well, and he was chuffed. He chuffed. He put his fist out and give the old typical fish shake, and, and he'd say, "Oh, thank you, brother." So that's one this morning. Now, in the last few months we've had similar um, uh, uh, people come up to us, including white people, actually more white people, this, this, without saying a racist, and ask, "What's that uniform?" and and part of my job, or any, any Udinji uh, police officer's job is to stop and obviously talk to the community and educate them and, and let them inform them, um, this is what's happening. This is a police force. You might not have identified it before. Uniform's on territory now. And we're exerting uh, sovereign Dingy government's authority here and just letting, letting the community know that uh, we're on territory. And um, yeah, so the presence is important. Um, so, you know, this is the infancy of it all, and um, it won't be long that um, I would hope uh, the whole Territory or the whole Cairns area will um, be aware of um, the Sovereign Indian government and their police force.
0: Yeah, well, I think it's getting out there pretty quickly, because uh, uh, I've noticed in other are uh, attending uh, welcome to country ceremonies uh, with Moomi and other government ministers, for example. And... Um so, yeah, it's, it's quite visible now. Uh, and I think there's just under 20 police officers. Uh, if that's it, does that sound right? That's correct. I think we're 19. It could be
1: 20 there. I'd have a look at the, at the paperwork, but that's about right. And there's a few more who approached us and asked us to join and asking questions, which is a smart thing to do before they, they step forward. Um, yeah, look, it's... Um, it, it's it comes in stages as well and obviously that's when we have interaction with the public people going oh hello what's this and whether it's um some public forum that's happening on the esplanade or somewhere um or even like this morning somebody come and approach me and ask questions and might get him thinking because uh, i certainly wouldn't mind him on the police force big burly fellow that he was <laughs> but um yeah look it's um the, the more we get known I think there's going to more interest because we do have a, um, a crime issue youth crime issue in the community and it's a hot subject at the moment and I feel um, along with our, our government that um, the more we can do with our, on our community, our territory and assist the QPS as well in whatever realm then um, that's a positive thing
0: Yeah, I think that's a, a very uh, a sound uh, uh, piece of saying there Uh who knows what will happen in the next... Uh, I think it'll be a bit more um, uh, side-by-side type of work in the future. And uh, who knows? It, you know, uh, heads of state coming and visiting our territory might be escorted by the Indigenous police, uh, you know, while they're on territory, and that would be awesome. And uh, just those... Um, whether they be informal relationships just uh, starting to, to uh, uh, warm up that would be very, very important for the safety and uh, security of this territory. Um, is there any um, words or advice of advice for people who might be interested in volunteering uh, for the Yudinji Police Force? Uh, what, what, what would you say to people listening to the program? Absolutely.
1: I, if you're interested, become a member of the uh, Yudinji Police Force. Come into the office, sit down with the ministers, uh, that includes the police minister, even myself, the chief superintendent police, and have a conversation. Let's have that conversation. Ask whatever question you like. Have your questions ready to go when you arrive. And uh, if you have any doubt whether negative, positive questions, just ask away and uh, we will answer those questions. And hopefully that will actually help you make a a determination whether you are going to join the police force or not.
0: That was the Chief Superintendent of Police, Matthew Bilborough. Thank you for your service and uh, to the Udinji Nation and we'll be back after the break.
2: to the dream and a little bit of wisdom, a lot of motivation we can change the world change our vibration and all you have to do let yourself become Breeze. We shoot out, but as a vibe, drive, give life and recognize as a living entity, the there's a culture, a law you can't ignore, and for fifty thousand years. Tea-
0: Paul Lianning, and you're listening to BBN 98.7 in Yiddishi Land. Yeah, welcome back to the show. Uh, we just had uh, the uh, Chief Superintendent of Police, Matthew Bilbra, uh, join us. He's still in the office, office here in the studio. And uh, the Attorney General, I, th- I thought, look, uh, law and, and order and justice uh, are, are very important uh, parts and roles and functions of a government. Uh, the Yidinji police are absolutely vital and critical to the Yidinji nation. Uh, wh-
3: why is that? I mean, it's an obvious question. Well, look, the the ability to make law is one thing, but the ability to enforce it, those laws, is the other one. That's why the police are there. They're, they're there for that very reason. Yidinji actually make laws. They've always had law, and this is the, the crazy part about it. And they did have law enforcement officers in the traditional sense of the the word you know they really did they had people that were responsible to ensure that the laws were were kept you know and bring those to justice that that might have breached or broken those laws so which is the role we've actually modernized the yidinji police now you know from the old time where where they were carrying more or less a spear and, and a big stick um you know now they're actually modernized into using the pen which is mightier than the sword um to and and the negotiation skills you know something that the other police forces within australia should be starting to to heed a bit you know negotiate we've got to talk about stuff we've got to get this thing resolved why is there so much youth crime in cairns you know, that's a big question to ask why um, think about what's happened over the last 150 200 years here um, dispossession of country you know they're bringing people in from other parts of the other tribal nations that shouldn't be here without permission you know they, they they don't understand the protocols of Yidinji, for example. So you know, the, the importance of police. They're out there to educate as well as enforce the law. And by the way, um, one thing that the Commonwealth of Australia will struggle with is the ability for the Yidinji police to arrest or um, detain anyone, and I mean anyone, be it from a UN member state, be it the Commonwealth of Australia, be it QPS, be it Australian Federal Police. The Yidinji police were here first. They had ultimate supreme authority on territory and they, they used it very wisely and they are using it very wisely today. It's not about conflict and argument, but this is now about, you know, the assertion of sovereignty, the continuing validity of Yidinji laws. So that's, that's what the Yidinji police are all about.
0: Yeah, I've noticed uh, you might, uh, when you see a Yidinji police officer, there are no weapons, there's no capskin spray, pepper spray or anything else. It's just a uniform and the badge on the shirt speaks volumes which uh, the Chief Superintendent, uh, laid Testament, today about that uh, with his interaction this morning with someone who saw him. Um, Matthew Bilbre, the uh, I guess that um, it's something we mentioned earlier about uh, if uh, we were to use firearms then that would probably come through some sort of treaty with the QPS or... Anything else? But, you know, the, the Attorney-General's right, we could, we could use those now. But at this stage, um, you know, we're not even serving notices uh, at the moment. We're serving soup and bread. That was uh, one of the first things that we did, uh, I noticed, with the, the police uh, maybe a week and a half, two weeks ago, where they were in the mall at night time serving um, soup and bread to the homeless. That was uh, pretty amazing to see that.
1: Oh, yes. Look, it's um, all about... Um evolution really isn't it um as the attorney general was saying it was was spears and a stick before uh today it's about the pen Uh, but there is nothing to stop us from um using proper defense uh, tools um our police force are in the process of training through personal training um Martial arts kind of uh, self defence training, which is what you know every police force goes through defence, whether it's to protect themselves or their colleagues or a member of the community. And there's nothing to stop us from bringing in um, the tools of the trade, let's say, for protection. Uh, it's written in our law. So if it's in our law, we're entitled to do that. And uh, our QPS are being trained to utilise those tools for the time when um, those um, tools are going to be issued as such. So it's it's just a matter of evolution. Um, it's a matter of time. It will happen. It's just um, it's just about timing and when, when the right time is.
0: Yeah, well, <coughs> you mentioned that QPS and AFP have all those instruments and resources that their disposal, uh, I think yeah, that would be the same for Yajinji. But uh, in saying that, uh, you know, I really like this idea of the Royal Guard. Um, in the UK, for example, the, the Queen and uh, uh, the Earl of Essex, uh, Prince of Wales, they all have this Royal Guard. And I think uh, they stand above everyone else in terms of that, um, just even the look, uh, very different to the, the, the Metropolitan Police. Uh, but they also perform a different function, and they have special provisions to look after those members of the royal families and uh, the Idinji citizens. In this case, it would be the same.
3: Oh, yeah, look, look very much so. The, if we talk about the unarmed uh, police, you know, you go back to the bobbies, you know, the English bobby. They only had a truncheon or a stick. You know, even in Fiji, uh, to this very day, they actually, um, their police are unarmed other than, once again, their truncheon, their stick. Uh, which which they do use effectively by the way <laughs> i've heard of a few stories where people have misbehaved and, and they've got to crack down the forehead um... but in saying that we don't need to be armed at this stage it's only when you really need it for self-defense or you know protection of life that you really would draw a gun but f- i'm finding inside australia that they actually are drawing their gun a little bit too quick you know i see down in the protest in melbourne there um, one police officer was using the butt of his rifle as, as a weapon bashing someone on the ground you know now that that's a, that's a serious breach of of law and you know especially weapons law you know he was unarmed on the ground and they were hitting him with it the next thing he could have done was shot him you don't know you know so we've got to ensure that that any weapon is used safely effectively and only only when needed be it a stick or be it a rifle or whatever so it's got to be very 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 careful with this because you know it's got the 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 risk of causing great loss so, yeah, the, the, look, the Royal Guard is, is another thing, you know, and, and some of the, the Royal Guard are armed, and they're, they're deadly serious about what they do. They're there to protect um, against any and everything. So we are, we the Yidinji Nation does have a right to raise a standing army, but it's not our preferred status at this stage. Uh, we do have a Defence Act. Um, it's the implementation of that. Do we really want to go there when the Commonwealth of Australia has an effective military service, you know, that can defend the territory and our preferred status on that is to, I suppose, apportion that part of the treaty, you know, our, our, our right to self-defence, would apportion that to the Commonwealth of Australia or another UN member state should the Commonwealth of Australia don't want that, you know, that, that ability to do that.
0: Yes, and I think that's a, a, a wonderful way of doing things. It just, it just makes – it's good business. Uh, use what's already here, what's already ours, for example. Um, our property, so uh, any any military installation is our property, anyone, any persons or things on there, uh, the property of the Indian Nation, that's what sovereignty is all about, there's no mucking around with this. Um, what is on our territory is subject to our territory's rule uh, and our police uh, will enforce the law and we're happy to uh, give them that the, uh, the authority, the Yidinji Nation that is. The elders have already done that, the Tribal Council have already created the government, the government's created the, the police and they will continue to create the necessary institutions, departments and personnel to look after future generations of Yidinji and um, so that's a wonderful thing. Uh, one of the things, uh, uh, Ginyar or, 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 or uh, Chief Superintendent, was that um, there seems to be a lot of uh, um, talk about these this coexisting sovereignties in the Uluru Statement with Albanese, the, prim- the Prime Minister of Australia. Uh, do you see Yidinji uh, being integral in that? I mean, we've been talking about this quite often, but it appears that Yudinji is one of very few to be on the other side of the coexisting table, so there's Australia with its existing sovereignty, and there's Yudinji with its existing sovereignty, it's got a police force, we have a court now, we've developed a central bank digital currency, we have a number of citizens, we have a number of government ministers, we have the ability to enter into foreign uh,
3: relations or international relations, it's a fully-fledged government. Well, let me put this to you. Should one, of the, should one of the other indigenous nations start to reform itself and get indigenous people, citizens, um, you know, that are outside the reach of the Australian Constitution. They're not Australian at all, like like Yidinji citizens. And they come into territory. And they come to here and to into our territory and start misbehaving. Do the, the Australian Federal Police or the Queensland Police have the authority vested in them by the Australian Constitution to actually go and arrest those people? Correct me if I'm wrong, but that that role now resides in the role of the Yidinji police and then that's that's what the chief superintendent was saying is, is it has to come back for a reason and it is to control those who the Commonwealth of Australia cannot control so you know this is what I'm saying it's a very very important role and you'll find that most indigenous people that come here have lost their connection to indigenous law and protocol whereas our police are going out there informing them of the protocols and laws of our nation. We don't need to be armed with a gun to be doing that. You can go out and talk to people and say, look, you're really breaching our law. And, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, Chief Superintendent, did you just not do that recently?
1: We did. We did. We were in public. There was um, a public forum on the Esplanade, and we we're out there um, to just show that we we're on country. And um, we actually were uh, confronted by two members of the QPS... And we were challenged, but we just, you know, we just politely said, well, actually, we do have authority to be here, and we do have laws in place, and we are, uh, we're entitled to execute those those laws as such. And look, it was a civil conversation. at The end of it, I think, it was first challenged, and then then they realised we were meant business, and we were will we polite about it and we exchange identification um, and I think that's part of the process of informing um, levels of government and entities of the government like the police that we are here on country and um, it's their their job and position to share that or you know send it upstairs and say look are you aware that the dingy police are here um, as such and look we've um, sent them documentation uh, received some forms of correspondence they know we're here they definitely know we're here. So it's really up to them now, uh, particularly a new government in place now, uh, how they go about that. And um, let's hope it, um, it's all a positive uh, step forward.
3: Yeah, look, I, I find it a bit strange that they've now um, brought about a, an ambassador for Indigenous Affairs inside the Foreign Affairs Department of Australia. You, you are definitely foreign, you know, we aren't part of Australia, we're actually left right out. Uh, from the inception of Australia, so we are foreign to Australia and they had to create a position there, you know, which I find very odd, you know, normally it's through the, the Australians want to deal with the Aboriginal people through the Indigenous Affairs or the, the Indigenous Australians uh, portfolio, but now they've created another one there which is a bit bit different, so they must realise that we are foreign to Australia.
1: Oh, they do realise we're foreign to Australia. Um, we're wearing a uniform in public, and it's not an Australian uniform. Um, so it's it's in their face. Let's put it to be clear about it. Um, it's in their face. We're here, uh, and
0: uh, they can't ignore it. I cannot ignore it all. Yeah, you're listening to Black Law Tribal Edition right across the planet today. Uh Murumuganyara and uh, our special guest Matthew Bilbro, Chief Superintendent of the Unity Police, with you. We'll be back after the break. We
2: pointed to the edge of the river with a hand still shaking. That's where the night came. España, the auntie screamed As the jar drums begin to run
1: I'm
0: L.A. Stray of 870 Culture, and when I'm in Cairns, the only station I listen to is BBM. Okay, guys, uh, well, Ganyara, you brought up during the break there um, uh, uh, one of the universities named after uh, an alleged psychopath. Uh, we just had uh, the Captain Cook statue removed from the Indian Territory you sold for $1.00 and uh, but he wasn't sent back uh, uh to england as uh one would be repatriated but at the end of the day things are slowly changing now that might have been because of the integrity of the actual concrete was you know might have been a bit uh fragile after all these years and um but anyway uh griffith university that's come up on the uh, uh the talking circles recently
3: oh it really has it's come up on the radar now because you know samuel griffith Uh, was one of the the founding fathers of the Commonwealth of Australia. And um, as they put in the article there, that he was the enabler of the massacres to take place on country, you know, um, especially in the northern area, like Yidinji, Northern Territory, West Australia. So he enabled these massacres to take place so that the settlers could take the land and resources belonging to the indigenous nations. So as they said there, he he enabled the murdering to take place. And by, by directly not stopping it, He he was was participating in the crime, you know. But this remember, this was the white Australia. This is what it was all set up about. It was set up to build a uh, homeland, they they claim in peace, but it was set up here to build a homeland in the South Pacific uh, for the the British race, you know, which is the white fellas. And that's fair enough, as long as we understand their role. Um, If that's what their aim was, say so. But they've got to settle the past, you know. And the only way to settle the past, you know, let all these skeletons come out of the cupboard. There's gonna be many, many more and as the Chief Superintendent said there, there there was quite a number of others, you know, earlier on, later on, doesn't matter, that participated, not directly but indirectly, in these massacres and murders. And um, I I see one bloke made a comment that he studied criminology at that university. Well, I thought, well, what a better place to study criminology than at the home of the criminals, you know, named after the criminals. It, it, It shouldn't be the case, but that's what it really is. Even even
0: Curtin University in Western Australia, named after John Curtin, I would uh, guess, who was, uh, you know, a big uh, supporter of the White Australia, uh, and um, so, yeah, Australia has a well, it's not a dirty little secret, but it's it's bleeding obvious to the Yidinji Nation.
3: Well, a little bit of a little bit of news, and and the. Uh Chief Commissioner can talk about it a little bit later, is that the Yidinji are, are gathering the evidence. The Yidinji police are gather, gathering the evidence to prosecute these crimes. Now, the crime of murder never goes away. It no. never does. Um, so so our police have been tasked with it. It's a big task to go out, gather the evidence, and bring it and bring it to trial, bring it to a court. So, you know, who, who, who can gather this evidence?
1: Yes, that's true. Um there's an expression, one cannot benefit from the proceeds of crime. Now historically in the past, uh, how long ago it might be, it does not matter. If somebody's benefited from the proceeds of crime, they inherited that, then there's an issue. Now also, the ignorance of the law is no excuse. So which law do you want to talk about, whether that's Australian or that's Indigenous? It does not matter. Ignorance of law is no excuse. So yes, we are collecting information. and Interesting enough, a lot of the information is actually stemming from the Queensland and Australian um, records of their own. They actually hold their own records, proof of it. So it's there. They've recorded their own mishaps. So we're utilising that plus other um, information that's been shared and stories that are told, and that's how history is recorded uh, in First Nation style. So, um, yes, that's correct. We are collecting the information for our future prosecution.
0: Well, that makes me very happy to hear that, because I know that, uh, Attorney General, the Money Laundering and Proceeds of Crimes Act of 2022 was written and passed uh, in the in the Udindji Parliament uh, this year, obviously, um, but the Criminal Offences Act and um, the Police Act uh, are just some of the uh, instruments that uh, will navigate this very, very important uh, journey. And, uh, you know, when we're talking about voice, truth and treaty, uh, this is the truth that we're chasing now, is the it's the prosecution uh, or bringing that to light from, from our side, not the Australian side.
3: Oh, 100%. And this is, this is what we've got to do. We can't ask Australia to do it for us on our behalf. Um, as, the, as the Chief Superintendent said, it is already recorded in, in the... the Things like Hansard inside Australia, you know, they have documentation of it everywhere, of how they took the place, how they murdered the people, you know, so it's recorded, it's really well recorded. But it's up to us now to bring them to our court. Should they not want to address the, the issue of a treaty, and, and this is probably the only way that can can save Australia's bacon, is that if they want to come to the table and talk about a treaty, we can then settle the past, say, okay, look, we forgive each other, you know, for whatever may have happened. Mainly they've got to do the, you know, uh, well, we have to forgive them, but they've got to come forward and, and say what they've done, which is going to be hard because, you know, there's going to be a lot of, um, I suppose, pain felt by the Aboriginal people, but more is going to be felt by the Australians, because as you correctly said, it's the, it's the proceeds of crime, this is unjust enrichment, you can't have that. So, I mean, can you explain, I mean, I think it's, it's, it's quite obvious to
0: us, but why is our way different from the Victorian Truth Commission, for example?
3: It was said in the Uluru Statement from the heart, this coexisting sovereignty. Our sovereignty has never been ceded. We have to remember where the legal identity is created, where the citizen is created, the person is created. It is created by the constitution of a nation, by the sovereignty of a nation. All us humans have been given a God-given sovereignty to to occupy the earth how we see fit. And we hand up that sovereignty when we participate in the life of a nation. So if I participate in the Commonwealth of Australia, I hand up some or all of my God-given sovereignty to be governed by the laws of Australia but also protected by the laws of Australia. So Australia ultimately holds the sovereignty of all the citizens, of all the people who are holding citizenship inside Australia. Or we've got the right to choose membership inside an indigenous nation where we have that ability um, that's here before, that was created before the Commonwealth of Australia. So when we do that, there's this coexisting sovereignty. Where is the legal identity created? Where is the citizen created? The, the one for the, the treaty stuff in Victoria, they're talking about um, Aboriginal Victorians. Now, they are Australians by definition, and Australians have no right to be talking about the sovereignty and the and negotiated treaties for and on behalf of the pre-colonial Indigenous nation. And, and when we're talking about um, proceeds of crime, then if they're holding an
0: Australian identity, are they not benefiting from, uh, from the crime itself?
3: All Australians, all Australians are trespassers, all Australians are benefiting from the, the proceeds of crime, the unjust enrichment made by the Australians, and I mean Aboriginal Australians. Torres Strait Islander Australians, Chinese Australians, British Australians, they're all, they're all Australians and they're all trespassing. You know, just because you've got dark skin, just because you've got Aboriginal heritage and doesn't mean you have a right to be seen through the Commonwealth of Australia and benefit from what was taken from your original nation. All Australians, we're talking about the legal identity, not the human, not the man or woman with the dark skin. I'm talking about the piece of paper, and there is no colour in the the Australian citizen. They're they're just a piece of paper. Yes, it's all through contracts and
0: and things like that. Um, I I think it's important that people understand that situation, um, that Australia can't remedy it because they're implicated in it. So the Torres Strait Islander flag celebrated 30 years uh, of existence recently. That's an Australian flag. The dingy flag is the one that flies on the dingy territory in this government office. Uh, Nothing else. Uh, The Aboriginal flag, an Australian flag, it's still foreign to you, dingy. So just try and remember those things now uh, when uh, you go about your business. And if you're looking to assert your sovereignty, then. Um, just, just have a think about that. Um, who created the identity that you're using right now? I know, uh, Chief Superintendent, the, the, the badge and the uniform that's been created for you to wear is 100% Yidinji.
1: Absolutely. It is 100% Yidinji. It was issued by the Yidinji government under their uh, pre-colonial laws, uh, which exists today. As the Australian courts have said, you know, Australia cannot give back to them, but it's already theirs and has been long before colonisation. That's long before Captain Cook sailed past the coastlines. So first in time, law, I believe, has greater authority. So what can we say?
0: Yes, no worries. I look, um, I guess uh, uh, you're listening to Blacklaw Tribal Edition right across the country today, and uh, we'll be back after the break for some closing comments.
4: Samp my floors, drop dead gorgeous Oh Lord, wanna better my best I've been here before Can't ignore signs scent my floors Drop dead gorgeous Oh, Lord Wanna better my best
2: And hold it down For the step
4: Big shoes to fill Barefoot on I step
3: My name is Padla Morrison,
1: and I'm listening to BBM.
0: Yes, welcome back to the show. Uh, it's gone very quickly, uh, and uh, my guest today, or uh, well our guest today, is Chief Superintendent uh, of Police, the Udinji Police, that is, uh, Matthew Bilborough. Some final comments, uh, uh, Chief Superintendent, about, um, once again, I guess encouraging people to, do, to, to have a think about Udinji Police. Yes, thank you again for
1: um, inviting me to the show. Um, Anyone out there who is sincerely interested in becoming a um, a Yodinji police officer, I invite you to come to the um, office, have a chat to uh, the ministers, including myself. Um, Come to the office with all the questions you need to satisfy yourself and we can we can have a chat about it obviously we have our own vetting uh way as well make sure that you're not an untoward uh, uh australian that might want to be escape whatever it might be that you're escaping from we have our own vetting just be aware just be aware but you yeah, look welcome to, welcome the to country all i can say thank you very much
3: yeah and look and, and something a lot of people don't realize is that, that that shield on your shoulder there is where the law is contained those old, those old shields, you see them in, actually in Shield Street <laughs> in Cairns, you see them in the middle there of Cairns, I wonder why they called it Shield Street, but those big shields standing up there contain the law of the nation and it, it's a bit strange that Australia put them up there, but it does demonstrate that this area did have law, if they realised the authority contained on those, on those images, they'd understand that the Yidinji Nation you know, is, is the first in time nation here. But it, it really is to understand that you have to take charge of your community, your society. If you want to be um, in control of your life, especially the indigenous people, you've got to come back and rebuild all this stuff just as Yadinji has done. So take note of that. You really must step out of the, out of the box, I suppose, the comfort zone. Yes, well, we're celebrating the Yidinji Police here and and many other things
0: that are happening. I noticed that the Queenslanders are celebrating a recent appointment. uh, Queensland barrister and Warramunga man, Lincoln Crowley, QC, has made history by becoming the first Indigenous Supreme Court judge to be appointed in Australia, and that's under Australian law, of course. And um, we congratulate uh, that particular man for uh, going well. Uh, But uh, obviously, uh, being from the Yidinji, um, the Yidinji law is supreme right here. That is the highest court. That is the highest law. And, uh, yeah, may God's peace be upon you wherever you are listening to this program. And uh, he's the one that uh, gives us the law and, and dominion and the ability to do all this stuff. And uh, in the mighty name of Yeshua, we, we, we say thank you. And we'll catch you next week.